Amen. What a blessing to be to, with God's people. I say that again and again, but it is a wonderful blessing and privilege to be in the house of God. And I do uh, want to thank the Lord that I have that privilege tonight. Great to have guests with us. God bless you. Uh, I hope that uh, God touches all of us tonight in a special way before we leave here. And I believe that he will. I believe that he will. we got a brand new year, and it's always good to be able to start fresh. Amen. No matter what mistakes you made last year, you don't have to make them again this year. Amen. And uh, I preached to this church a few weeks ago. I might need to preach it almost every Wednesday night for a while, but you get to decide how the story ends. And that's, that's, the, that's the word. Whatever's happened, whatever you've done, whatever's been done, that doesn't mean that has to be the end of the story. You have the choice and you have the privilege of deciding how your story is going to end. And I don't know about you, but I want it to end in victory. Amen. Somebody said amen. You won't hurt my feelings if you say that tonight. So Bible is such a powerful book. And it means more to me today than it has ever meant. But I've been praying uh, through the month of December and into the early days of the month of January that God would give me a special direction for our church and that God would speak to me so that I could speak to you. And uh, prayer today here at the church, seeking after the Lord again, I made that request known. God, I want I don't want a sermon. I, I don't I don't want just something that takes up people's time but is no benefit. I want something that when we walk out of here we have been ministered to by the word of God. So God began to speak to me about some things and over the next few weeks uh hopefully I can share some of those but at the beginning of a new year, if there is one sermon, one message that I could preach to you, what I am going to speak to you about tonight perhaps would be at the very top of the list. If there was any scripture that I could put in your mind and just etch it like a chisel etches stone and it would just be imprinted there so that no matter what happens this year, that word comes back, that word comes back. Every time you come up against something, that word comes back. Then it would be what I'm going to share with you tonight. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. You can remain seated. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse number eight and nine. It is a very familiar portion of scripture and I have preached from it uh, on occasions here in this church, but I go back to it tonight. And I read the Word of God, and it reads like this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And I want to speak to you for just a few moments tonight about Life. Everybody say life. Life. That's, that's what I want to talk to you about. And everybody said amen. 
Everybody said, in Jesus' name, anoint the preacher tonight. Amen. Everybody said amen. Thank you. I think all of us are aware that life is a very fragile thing. Though in so many circumstances it appears to be tough and resilient, the reality is that life that we know and the life that we live is very vulnerable to changes and uh, ups and downs. And it is a fact that all of us, everybody say all of us, all of us in this building tonight are surrounded by infirmities and frailties and troubles and difficulties and problems and struggles, perplexities. All of us are surrounded by adversities and pressures and many times even assault. Being a child of God does not exempt us from life. It does not free me from having to live through the things that a person who doesn't believe in God has to live through. There are things about life that you just have to live. And life has a way of humbling all of us. It has a way of bringing us all to our knees at times. And there, there never is a moment in life when we can become too confident. Because in a moment's time, life can turn upside down. I remember reading about the Romans and, and the custom in their times that when uh, a general would win a war or win a battle. They made great festivities about that uh, victory and they would bring the general into town and he would come in on a great parade uh, like a Thanksgiving Day parade and he was out in the lead chariot. Uh, history says that they would hold the crown above the general's head as he passed through the throngs and they were waving and cheering. But at the same time, they were holding that crown above his head and they were cheering for him. There were others who were also saying, look behind you for you too will die. And not only that, but at the very end of the procession were the soldiers of this general who had been with him in battle and had helped win that war and they would shout his praise and then they would shout jest and, 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 and insults toward him, reminding him that you are not everything you think you are. And life has a way sometimes of just knocking, as I used to hear it say, the stuffings out of us. It has a way of humbling all of us. And it doesn't matter... However great a child of God you may be and however great your experience with God may be, you are still mortal and you are still a victim of circumstances at times and we are victims of chance and changes in life and we are still living in a mortal body that gets sick and that decays and deteriorates and has pain and hurt and all kind of other things. And Paul 
in the writings to the Corinthian church states uh, a simple fact in verse number 7 that we are like men who hold a precious treasure in an earthen vessel or in a cracked pot as the literal translation said. We're surrounded by trouble is what he said. On every side there are perplexities. And there are adversities, but we live in victory. I want you to hear what I'm saying right now. We may be surrounded by trouble, but we can live in victory. That was Paul's encouragement to the church. That was his word to people then, and it's God's word to people tonight. And it is my word to you. That though we are surrounded by trouble and we are encompassed by difficulties, we can live victoriously through whatever might come to us. Life is what it is and sometimes it's tough and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's just crazy. But it does not, listen to me, life does not determine my destiny. My response to life is what determines my destiny. I cannot prevent trouble. I cannot prevent adversity. I cannot prevent sickness. I cannot prevent uh, breakdowns and failures. But I can determine that I am going to respond to those things in a way that will bring me to a place of victory. Amen. And somebody said amen. The way we respond to life reveals a great deal about the strength of our faith. And Paul makes four simple statements that reveal how we ought to, as a child of God, respond to life. And these four statements describe to me the true condition of the child of God in this present world. You may not be suffering all of them tonight, but I can assure you that everyone in this building is suffering from at least one of them tonight. Amen. And so let's talk about them. First of all, Paul said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. One translation says that we are pressed but not pinned. The word that is used for trouble is a word that we translate pressure. There are pressures in life that come to us from many different directions. He didn't say they might come or they could come. He said we are pressed in this life and we are going to feel pressure it comes from the job it comes from our home it comes from finances it comes from questions that come into our life that demand answers it comes from problems that cry out for solution pressures come to all of us and some of you sitting here tonight are under some of the greatest stress of your life Right now, you're going through more pressure-filled moments right now than you've ever had to go through in your life. 
And the Word of God has something to say to you about that. The Word of God has something to speak to you and I about those kind of moments and sometimes those kind of days and God forbid, but sometimes those kind of years. Amen. Pressure fill. When life squeezes us and it puts us in places where we are vulnerable and we don't know what to say and we don't know what to do and we don't know where to turn. And those moments, Paul said, come to us. And we are pressed on every side. Everybody say every side. Amen. Not, you know, it, 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 it's, if every trouble in my life came to me face forward, I could handle it. But most of my troubles don't come face forward. They sneak up on me. They hit me from my blind side. They come on me when I'm not looking for them. And Paul said, we are pressed on every side. Everywhere Paul looked, there was some kind of pressure that was pushing down upon him. But he said, though I am pressed, I am not pinned. Though I am pressed, I am not distressed. Some of you need to take that word right now and just put it right down in the heart and say, you know what? I may be pressed in this hour, but I am not going to be distressed. I may be pressed, but I'm not going to be depressed. Amen. There's a lot of people that whine and cry about life today, and I have to admit that we are a soft people. We are. We can say what we want to say, but we're, we're soft. This AC has made us soft. Those automobiles that we drove to truck to, to church in made us. They, they make us soft. None of us had to go out and earn uh, our our milk today by milking the cow. None of us had to go. We just went to the grocery store. We pulled through McDonald's. We we pulled into Whataburger. We just demanded what we wanted, and we got it just then when we demanded. But life is not like that in reality. Life is filled with pressure points and pressure moments and pressure issues and pressure situations. And Paul said that it is possible for you to be in a world where there's pressure and not be distressed. It is possible for you to be in a moment of pressure but not be overwhelmed. Paul tells us that we are never so pressed that there is no way out. That's what he said there. You are pressed but we are not distressed. Why? Because there's a way out. And that, my friend, is what's causing many people tonight to lose sleep is because they have bought into the deceitful lie that there is no way out. There's no way through. There's no way to fix this. There's no way to overcome. There's no solution. But I come tonight to declare the Word of God that God has a way. God has made a way. There is a way. You can get out of it. If you'll just stay with Him, He will see me through. Amen. There is a way out. There is a way through. Just because I don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Sometimes in life I have to pray for God to touch my eyes 
so that I can see that unseen environment that He has surrounded me with where those angels are camping out right now watching out over me and making a way for my... Our bodies may be confined to some limited thing and we may be bound by some difficult environment but my spirit is not bound tonight. My spirit is free. And my spirit rises to mesh with the power of His presence. And when that happens, God assures me that pressure will not destroy you. Because I've made a way. I've made a way. Hallelujah. God has made a way. You need to hear that tonight. God has made a way. You may not see it, but it's there. And if you'll just stay with Him... And let him lead you. He will direct you into that way. Paul said not only are we we troubled on every side but not distressed. He said we are also perplexed but not in despair. We are perplexed but not altogether without a means of responding or doing something about our perplexity. The word perplex in our, in our modern English language could more likely be translated that we are confused. Sometimes life is confusing. Life has a way of throwing curves at us. And we don't know what to do. And we don't know what to say. And we don't even know what we need. We, we, if somebody, if, if Jesus Christ were to stand in our presence right now and ask some of us, what do you need? We would not be able to answer him because there are times in life when we get into a situation and we are in that place where there is, uh, where there's a, a, a confusion and, and, and perplexity and, and nothing makes sense and there's no order to life and there's no rhyme or reason that God, if He Himself were in our presence and asked us, what do you want? We would say, God, I don't know what I want. Because life can do that to you. Sometimes the brightest minds and the sharpest people stand perplexed. Sometimes the pressure is so great And we are so tired and worn out by life, it is just confusing. Sometimes we are, as one man said, at our wit's end. Amen. We're at our wit's end. But we are not at hope's end. Amen. We're confused, but we're not discouraged. We're puzzled. We're bewildered. We're baffled. There's nothing wrong with being puzzled. There's nothing wrong with even being confused. But he said we're not discouraged. Why? Why can I be dis- why can I be baffled but not discouraged? Because though you and I may be confused, God is not. Praise God. You and I may be At our wit's end. But God is never at his wit's end. We may not know what can be done or what even needs to be done. But God does. God does. And as a child of God, Paul said, I have this confirmation. That God is never going to bring me into a situation that he cannot get me out of. Woo! Hallelujah. 
God is never going to lead me to a place that he doesn't have an exit strategy already mapped out. We are often driven to despair because we can't see the big picture. You know, God gave me a revelation today. Life, listen to me, life does not depend on my knowledge of the big picture. It depends on his knowledge of the big picture. As much as we might try to open our eyes and see down the road, none of us can see down the road. We don't even know what the next hour is going to hold for us. But he does. He knows what's going to happen with the economy. He knows what's going to happen with the elections. He knows what's going to happen with our government. He knows what's going to happen in our families. He knows what's going to happen in our future. And so Paul said, it is possible for you to be perplexed. It is possible for you to be confused. But that doesn't mean that you are discouraged. That doesn't mean that you are at your wit's end. Because though you may not see the big picture, God does. And it's really in His hands anyway. I may not, I may not know where to turn, but God does. I may step into a sea of clouds in the morning and I may awake to darkness instead of sunshine. But I will emerge from that, Paul said. I'm going to come out of it. I'm going to get through it. Praise God. I'm not going to stay in it. I'm not going to live in it. I'm just going to move through it. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have to learn a lesson, a hard lesson, but a lesson that is needed often. What Jesus learned at Gethsemane, and that is how to accept what we cannot understand and still say, Thy will be done. Do you know what? The devil cannot defeat a person like that. I don't care what barbs and arrows. I don't care what life does to you. I don't care what happens to you. When a person takes that kind of attitude and that kind of spirit toward life, that they can be discouraged or, or they can be uh, 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 questioned or confused, but they're not discouraged. The devil cannot destroy that kind of person. He cannot stop the hand of a person who said that if God be for me, who can be against me? I am more than a conqueror through him that strengthened me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Praise God. The devil cannot deal with a person like that. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. The devil can't handle somebody like that. Woo! You want to send shockwaves through hell? You want to get hell confused tonight? Throw up your hands in the middle of the worst battle of your life and just start praising God. Throw up your hands in the middle of the hardest thing you've ever had to deal with in life and just start worshiping and magnifying God. No, the devil doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to stay focused on your problem and make you think that there's no way out and there's no way through and there's no way over and there's no solution and you're never going to get past this. But I've come to tell somebody tonight in this sanctuary that there is a way out, there is a way over, there is a way through. God has already got it ordained and all you need to do it just keep standing and God's going to take me through hallelujah nothing listen to me nothing can stop a person 
that can say with Paul, I am distressed. I am perplexed, but I'm not discouraged. Praise God. Why? Because God's got his hand on it all. The third thing he said is that we are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. You are persecuted, but not forsaken. Yes, in life, we go through things that we don't understand. In life, there is opposition that comes. Sometimes the literal translation speaks of a person who is hunted like an animal. And that's how life is. Sometimes in life you feel like you're being hunted down like an animal. We suffer misunderstandings. We suffer undeserved things. We suffer undeserved things. But we are never abandoned by God. David said in Psalms 27... He said, even when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Even if my closest friend walks away, even if my closest companion leaves me, God said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Our sorest trials are oftentimes our sweetest time of fellowship with Him because we begin to understand what He went through. And we too share in that sorrow. You know what? There is nothing, nothing in all of the world that can alter the loyalty of God. Amen. Nothing. God is committed to a child of God. He is committed. He will never leave me alone. He will never forsake me. He will never abandon me. People forsake me. Loved ones forsake me. Friends forsake me. My job forsakes me. The economy forsakes me. My government forsakes me. But God will never forsake me. He will never leave me alone. Opposition will not deter me. That alone, that in itself, can take you through anything. Amen. That alone, that God loyalty will never fail. Amen. God's loyalty, that alone can take you through the hardest trial, that God is on my side. Amen. God is on my side. And that's all that really matters. And then he concludes verse number 9 by saying we are knocked down, but we are not knocked out. That's the literal translation. We're knocked down. Life, life sometimes will hit you so hard that you see stars. Life will sucker punch you. I like what Mike Tyson, there's not a lot that Mike Tyson ever said in his life that was worth repeating, but Mike Tyson one time said, he said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. (laughs) And that punch in the mouth can tell a whole lot about who I am. And and Paul said, life's going to punch you in the mouth. It's going to hit you hard. Crisis is going to come, sudden things, emergencies, 
things that rock your world and turn your life upside down. You're going to get hit so hard that you're going to see stars. But what you do after you've been hit in the mouth is very important. Amen. What you do when you've been socked as hard as life can sock you is the most important thing that I can tell you tonight. Amen. In football, and I, I think I've shared this with you. I know I have, but I was talking to Brother uh, uh, Cox about it just the other night. In football, in, in the world of sports, they've gone so nuts about sports that they've got so many categories of statistics that they keep that it's just, I mean, it's mind-boggling. I mean, every little detail to try to give them the winner's edge. But one of the things that they've discovered that really separates the good running backs from the mediocre or the average or the run of the mill is a, a new statistic that they have started taking, and it's called yak yardage. Yak, Y-A-C, yak yardage. And that stands for yards after contact. Because if you play football, you are going to get hit. It, you're not going to get out on the field and everybody... It's not like Disney World where you get on that pirate ship and you just sail up by those pirates, but they never can touch you. Life will lay hands on you and violate you sometimes. Life will hit you so hard you wonder where the hit came from. But it's what you do after that hit that counts. And what they discovered about great running backs is not whether they can take a hit, but what they do after they get hit. And they've discovered that the best running backs are those that when they get hit, they just keep churning. They keep moving. They keep charging. Something is moving until somebody slams them down to the turf. They don't go down without some kind of fight. You know what God needs out of some of us? God, if God is going to fight for us, we got to be willing to fight for ourselves sometimes and not roll over and play dead at every little trick of the enemy. We got to know how to respond when we get hit in the mouth, and that is we got to get up and keep going. You're not going to get through life without being hit. You might as well settle that in your mind. You're going to get hit in your pocketbook. You're going to get hit in your marriage. You're going to get hit with your kids. You're going to get hit on the job. You're going to get hit at the marketplace. You're going to get hit at Kroger's. You're going to get hit at Walmart. I don't care where you go in life or what you do. You are going to get hit. But Paul said the hit... Cannot destroy me. Amen. The hit cannot destroy me. The supreme characteristic of an overcomer is not that he never falls, but that every time he falls, he gets back up again. You just cannot defeat somebody who keeps getting up. Amen. And you know what the devil's counting on? The devil's counting on some of us staying down. The devil's counting on some of us just walling around in our self-pity and 
feeling sorry for ourselves and saying, you know what, it's not fair. I shouldn't have this going on in my life. I don't deserve this. And the truth of the matter is, this is where we really develop who we are. And it's here in these crisis moments that we find out how strong God can be in our life. And it is never, you are never in a place where you can be hit so hard that you can't get back up. It may take you a little while. You may have to get on your knees first. By the way, that's probably the best place to go anyway. Amen. You ever seen a boxing match? They get somebody knocked down. You know where the first place they go when they start? They don't just stand straight up. They Most of them get on their knees. That's the best place to get to when you get knocked down is get on your knees and then you can get on your feet. It is not that we will never be beaten, but we will never ultimately be defeated. And it's not that we will not lose a battle every now and then. But we know that the end, we will not lose the war. Amen. Hard hits are going to come, but hard hits are not going to destroy me. Because the Lord said he would not put more on me than I could bear. Not only that, the Lord said he would fight for me. Amen. Sometimes I get into a situation in life where it's not fair. God always shows up. Life is hard. Life is dangerous. And it's everywhere. We face trouble every day. We're under pressure. We're confused at times. We're attacked by people. We get knocked down by life. But my victory is not in the escape of these things, but in the living of these things. Amen. My victory is in the living of these things. You know what victory is? Victory is showing up. Victory is standing up. Victory is getting up. Victory is showing up, going on. Sometimes victory is in just staying by the stuff. Amen. Just staying. You know what? I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm not going back. I don't care what happens. I may have to stand here for a while. Before I know what to do next. But I'm going to just stand. Paul said to those in Ephesians. Therefore stand. And having done all. Stand. Amen. Sometimes victory is just in standing. I'm not doing anything great. I'm not climbing any mountains. I'm not scaling any walls. But I'm standing. I'm standing. Life knocks me down. I get back up. The economy knocks me down. I get back up. Amen. Quitters never win. And winners never quit. It's more than a cute little saying. It's what this word tells me. That the beginning of a new year. Pressure is going to be in this year. Confusion is going to be in this year. Abandonment. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be hit. You're even going to get knocked down. 
Paul said, none of those things, none of those things, none of those things can determine your destiny. Nothing that's happening to you can determine your destiny. But what you do with what happens to you determines your destiny. Knock down, get back up. Forsaken, abandoned, remember that God, loyalty, never fails. God will never walk away from you. He'll never leave you alone. Never. Never. Never, never leave me alone. God's loyalty can never be questioned. He's going to take me through. He's going to make a way. He already has a way. And if I'll just get back up, if I'll stand back up, if I'll go up, if I'll pray up, God's going to see me through. Every change, every problem, every difficulty, God's going to take me through it all. I'm glad I'm a child of God tonight. I'm glad I know Him tonight. I'm I'm glad I have this Word to stand on right now. And if I could etch anything, if I could chisel it into your mind tonight, it would be these two verses. I'm pressed, but I'm not pinned. I'm cast down, but I'm not forsaken. I'm never abandoned. I'm knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Oh, God, I wish I could get through to some of you right now, through all of that wall that you built up in your life and make you believe what this Word's saying to you right now. God has made a way. He's got a way. There's a way out. There's a way over. There's a way through. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Let's stand together.